Is there anybody that feels maybe a little downtrodden this morning, a little a little beat down by the world? Can anybody be so be so honest as to say that sometimes it doesn't feel like we are overcomers? Sometimes it feels like the world is doing a little bit of overcoming to us. Um, I hope this morning to encourage you with the great truth from God's word. Um, first thing, we're, and we're starting off a little different this morning. If you're if you're used to our Sunday nights, we tend to to switch the service order where we do preaching first and then the music after. We're going to do it this way this morning, and we're going to start with the video. Um, I want to kind of give some context for what you're going to see here. This is a video from the from from the beginning of the church to modern day. What you're going to see is Christianity and why you may or may not be able to read the text. You're going to see Christianity and why. So I want you to pay attention to it. I want you to pay attention to the spread of the gospel throughout the world. And and take note of all the things that come and go and come and go along the way. Um, And take note that that some promises that have been made to us in Scripture are in fact playing out. Even though sometimes we look at the world around us and it seems like, Lord, are, are you doing anything here? That yes, in fact, He is. If we keep our eyes on Him, if we keep our, our hearts set on Him, we will see this truth. We will be part of the playing out of this truth. Um, so it's about a minute, minute and a half long. Um, Bobby, if you would just hit the play button there. It's going. No, it's going. There's no sound to it. I want to ask you something this morning, church. Do we win? Do we win? Should we expect to see this? As followers of Christ, should we expect that we win? Should we expect that the church will overcome? Should we expect that God's kingdom will come? Yes, I want you to be hopeful in this. I hope this morning as we dig into God's word that you are encouraged that as you go out in the places in which God has so sovereignly placed you, that you would keep this in mind, that we do overcome, that we do win, that God's kingdom 
does in fact come and that we get to play an integral part in its coming. Let us open up in prayer before we dig into God's Word this morning. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to gather in this place as believers. We can gather here freely and openly. We can worship you without fear of persecution. There are places in the world that that is not the case. So I don't want us to take that for granted. I I want us to understand that we do have brothers and sisters across the world who are fighting this fight along with us, who are being persecuted for the faith that they have. Lord, let us reach out in prayer to them. Let us reach out in in every capacity that you have granted and blessed us with uh, to fellow believers uh, in all nations throughout the world, that we would continue the steady march forward, that your kingdom would come, Lord. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, that as, a, as, a, as, as believers that we would not seek flight. Lord, as, as followers of You, that it would not be our hope that You would rescue us from danger, but that we would run headlong because we know who it is that we go for. Who goes with us. Whose authority we take when we take each step. As followers of Christ, Lord, let us be faithful to the call that You have placed on each and every one of our lives. And the places that You have placed us, let us be faithful to that call. Lord, let us pray with expectancy that Your kingdom come. That Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, let us know that this is true, even in spite of the pressures that we individually face in this world. Let us understand that this walk is not one of of individual effort, but that we come together and we strive forward together. So when a brother or sister is hurting, when they're falling behind, that we reach down and we lift them up and we walk forward together, this steady progression that Your Word promises to us, Lord, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. Lord, thank You for this truth. May Your Holy Spirit encourage those this morning who have come in here with with weakened hearts, beaten down by the world, who have looked at all the things that are, are, that are around them and, and have counted themselves in, in hopeless estate, Lord, I pray that Your Spirit would encourage them, that we would draw near to them, that we would draw near to one another, that we would draw near to You, Lord, and that we would continue faithfully this march. Lord, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let us turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be in a couple of different places in Matthew, and then we're going to look at Acts, and maybe, if you're lucky, we'll, we'll go over and look at something in Romans, but we'll just, see if we, we'll just see if we get there. So, Matthew chapter 6, we're going to look, we're going to start in verse 7. Um, this thought begins even further, in the, uh, further up in the text. We're going to start at verse 7, because there's a couple of things that I want us to point out. We're going to be looking... At one particular part of this prayer, this is the Lord's Prayer that we're going to be looking at this morning. If you, if you couldn't take the hints from the prayer that I was praying to open the service up, um, you, you should look at verse 10. This is where we're going to be spending 
uh, our focus in the early part of our digging into God's Word this morning. So let's start in chapter 6 with verse 7. This is Jesus teaching us how to pray. Um, Here he says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. I wanted to start here because I wanted to point out that the truth that we're going to be looking at here in a moment is not an empty phrase, right? I want you to follow with me on that. That That the hope that I'm going to be presenting to you that is our hope together is not an empty phrase that we just say. Right. And, and unfortunately, the mindset that we have of the effect that we can have on this world, we tend to pray this prayer, not expecting that it would be made true. But really, in the back of our minds, thinking that we're defeated already. Right. So when Jesus tells us to pray and the reason that we're starting here is because I do not want you to think that I'm just giving this to you and that it is something empty and just vain words. So so Jesus tells them, as he's speaking this, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. And then verse 9, pray then like this. What are we about to see? What is he about to give us? And y'all can, y'all can speak back if you, if you feel like you have the answer. Uh, what is Jesus about to do? He's about to show us how to pray to God. He is about to lay out for us a pattern of prayer. Okay? Now, when I, when I see this, when I see Jesus giving us a pattern of how to pray, one thing that I think of is I think, well, does Jesus pray like this? Like, is, the, is Jesus giving us a pattern which He Himself follows in prayer? What do y'all think? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not one that says, says do this and then does something else. Right? He's the one that, that shows you what He does. Right? He tells you from what He Himself does. And, and I want you to put that in your minds as we think about this. Think about Jesus praying like this. Thinking about Jesus calling us to pray like this. What does it mean? And, and, and specifically, I want to ask you, does God fail in answering His own Son's prayer? Surely not! Surely not. Surely if Jesus prays like this, God is faithful to answer His prayer. Am I wrong here? Am I standing somewhere in Scripture that I should not be standing? Or is this true? So if Jesus tells us to pray like this, and He prays like this, and we expect that God would answer Christ's prayer, then when we follow Him in this same pattern of prayer, what should we expect? What should be our expectation when we pray in the likeness of Christ's prayers? That He will be faithful to answer those prayers. So how does Christ teach us to pray? We're going to read the whole thing and then we're going to kind of focus in on verse 10. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And some of ancient manuscripts also add, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So now let us step back and we're going to examine verse 10. And I want us to think about those things. No empty phrases 
are being offered up here. We're following in the pattern of Christ for prayer. And how does he begin this section? Who's he speaking to? So when he says your kingdom, who is he speaking to? Whose kingdom is he speaking of here? God's kingdom, yes? So before we dig into this, I want to take a moment and I want us to think about this word and I want us to take a a word of caution from this. We are not praying for your kingdom, right? We are not praying for your kingdom. So be careful when you examine the truth of God's word here that you do not apply it to your kingdom. Because what can come from this is selfish hopes and selfish desires of personal prosperity that is nowhere laid out here in the text. Whose kingdom are we seeking to be established here on earth? Thank God that it's God's kingdom. Because I fear what my kingdom might would look like. And you should fear what yours might would look like. Because it would likely be centered on you. But this is not what we as believers seek. This is not the hope that we reach and yearn for. We yearn for the kingdom of God to come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Whose will? God's will. Again, let us heed that warning sign that this is not your will. That you are seeking to come? This is God's will. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? Where? Do we believe that? Do we? Do we believe that? What do we believe the end will look like? Huh? What do we believe that as this world progresses... What do we believe about what will occur? We, we tend to believe that it will continue in decay. Do we not? Is this not the, the, the kind of thought process that we tend to lay out? So I ask you again the question. Would God fail to answer the prayer of His Son? Would He, would he fail to answer the prayer of believers praying in the pattern of His Son? So when we say your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, while believing that that will never occur, what are we doing? We're we're heaping up empty words, church. Do you hear me? Are you praying, when you pray in the pattern of Christ, are you praying expecting it to occur? Or do you look at all that is around you and consider that it is greater than the God that you serve? What's the truth here? What do we believe here? Because here's the thing. Where you set your goal, don't expect if you set it in failure to land in success there. Right? Do you hear me? And I'm speaking not of the not of the individual I, but of the your kingdom God, right? So when I talk of prosperity of the church, I'm not talking about your individual because you may very well die in the efforts to bring God's kingdom to earth. 
But I want to tell you a truth that when you pray in the pattern of Christ, you need to expect the truth of this scripture to play out. And it will change the way that you live when you go into your workplaces. When you rise in the morning, your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done. Show me how I might enact that in my workplace, in my school, in my family, in the marketplaces. Show me, Lord, Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth, on earth, do you hear this? Do you hear what Christ is instructing them to pray? Your kingdom come, Your will be done. Where? Should we expect that then? Should we hope for that then? Lord, help us in our unbelief. Lord, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. Can you, can you agree with me in that? Lord, we believe. But how often do we find ourselves questioning or doubting when we look around? And in this together, let us say, Lord, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And let us believe on earth. In a, in, a, in a similar way? In some way lacking? How are, we to, how are we to ask this? What does the Scripture say to us here? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What are we seeking for when we pray this prayer? We are seeking for the kingdom of God to have utter and complete domination here. As it is in heaven. Here. We do not, unfortunately, we probably, many of us do, find our hope for the future in that old hymn, I'll Fly Away. Right? That, that probably tends to, to kind of dominate our thoughts when we think about you know, like I don't, these times are hard and they do get hard. And, and we think our first thought is I want to escape from that. Do we not? A- am I speaking something here that is off base? Do we not want to escape? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we desire your kingdom to come here on earth, exactly how it, how it is now in heaven. That is our desire. We want to see God's kingdom dominate. And I want, to, I want to tell you, when you saw this playing out, how many nations have we seen rise and fall and the church continue on? How many? How many? Right? The greatest nation of the day overseeing the crucifixion of our or crucifixion of our Christ. Where are you, Rome? Where are you at now? As you burned our people at the stake. Do you think you will outlast us by force? When the Spirit fills us and we can sing even in the midst of our trials, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Believer, 
Don't fear those things to come. We'll get through it together. Do you hear me? Together. We will get through it. Do you pray with expectancy? When you pray this, that's the thing that I want us to take away from this. Believer, when you pray, do you pray first in the pattern of Christ? You follow Him in your pattern of prayer? And if so, do you expect that His kingdom will come? On what authority can we expect that to happen is the question that we should have. Is it on my authority when I go into my workplace? When you go into yours, is it on your authority that the kingdom of God will come? Does it rest on who you are? Who does it rest on? And to what extent does He have authority? Where does His authority lack? When He sends His disciples off at the end of this book to conquer the world, what does He say to them? Matthew chapter 28 verse 18. If you've got a Bible, would you flip there with me? Matthew chapter 28 verse 18. Did I say 28 28? If I did, I'm, I apologize for that. Verse tw- or chapter 28 verse 18. It's the end of this book here. And Jesus came and said to them, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I want you to sit in that for a second. If you've got your Bible, read that again and again and again. If you don't, uh, have a look up on the screen. I'm going to read that a couple of times because I think that you need to hear this. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Do we believe that? Do we believe that as He sent His disciples out, on this seemingly impossible task. Do we believe that He sent them out with His, with his authority? Do we believe that that authority is more than just in this heavenly realm? Do we believe that that authority plays out here? Do we believe that any earthly kingdom established against the kingdom of God will fall? Do we? Such a small group of people set out to conquer the world. Did they, did they set out, did the disciples go out by sword? Because had they have gone out by sword of the flesh, they would have been quickly extinguished. They went out in power with the authority of God, trusting in Christ that what He has said to them would in fact take place. And if you look at the numbers... The twelve, we're 2.2 billion strong now. Even if you were to cut off half of those and just say that it was fake. A billion strong. From twelve? Who laid their lives down instead of taking up sword? Do you get... The overwhelming task that was ahead of them. And how they were unfazed by it. How could that be? Because they knew one who had died and rose to life. 
Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The battle cry of the church here. We overcome. We have overcome in Christ. It doesn't matter if you take our lives from us. We win. Because He has won. Do you get that? Do you understand that? Do you understand that when you go in your workplace and you are praying this prayer along with Christ, Lord, Your kingdom come in this place today, that you go in His authority. And His authority is not limited in any way. Do you get that? So when you go into those places and it seems like you're the only one there, it's okay. Because you do not go alone. And just like it was twelve against the world, it could be you against a thousand. His kingdom comes. His kingdom is coming. You are part of that. This is what Jesus is doing here when He's sending His disciples out. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Go therefore. Go therefore. What does that mean? When He says, go therefore. Like if I were to just, if you were to catch me in the middle of a conversation with someone and I was telling them, go therefore, what would you immediately assume? That there's something that has preceded that go therefore that is the justification for the going. What is that in the case of this text? That God's authority on heaven and earth, and He says, go therefore. So should we just stand still? Should we just do nothing? Should we look at that thing that we're going to face this week and say, it's got more than I can handle? I don't know that I can face that. I, I, I really think that when you said, Lord, for us to pray your kingdom come, that you didn't mean this particular thing here. Right? Because you've got me facing that, and I don't know how I can handle it. You go, not under your own authority, but under the authority of Christ. You are believers. You are world-changing people. The world will be better because you were here. And it is not because your authority says so. It is because His authority has said so. And He sent them out. Go therefore and make disciples. Are you making disciples? Are we here making disciples? What is a disciple? Someone devoted to the teaching of someone else? Are we, are we living our lives in such a way that those who we come in contact with are being discipled by us day by day? If you look around you and you want to know why the world's in the condition that it is, it is because we are not doing what we have been called to do. Go therefore and make disciples. Will you go? Will you go under the authority of God in both heaven and earth? Go therefore, make disciples of all nations. Do you see that when He sends us out, He sends us out in a way that's going to conquer the world. This is a hand, get this, this is a handful of guys. And he's saying, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. 
And you think the task set before you is big. You think your situations are somehow more stressful than what they were placed with. It's like, dude, I was fishing three years ago and now you want me to take over the world? What are you talking about? I was a tent maker. I mean, I was a tax collector. These people are not even going to like me when they see me. What are you talking about? Take it to the nations. Go therefore. Wow, what a task that they had before them. And, and when we look at what all has been accomplished, then we know, church, we know that it was not on their authority. Because near every one of them were killed for it. And still, it spread. You couldn't stop it with persecution, with trials, with tribulation. You, church, are overcomers in Christ. You will succeed at the task that He has laid before you. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God does not send us alone. He's not sending you to that place that you're going this week or, or this year. He's not sending you. When you go to the Amazon, brother, at the end of this year, you're not going by yourself. Right? When you go into your workplaces, you're not going by yourself. If you come with us to Honduras, you, we're not going by ourselves. We're not going for ourselves. We're not attempting to establish our own kingdom here. But you better believe that we know that we will work to the establishing of His kingdom here with everything that we do. And we do this together, and we do this with Christ. He says, go therefore, and then He tells them, I'm with you always to the end of the age. I want us to flip now, and we're on the home stretch. Flip to the book of Acts chapter 2. Give you a second to get there. We're going to be looking specifically at verse 32 through 35. Give you a little context as you're getting there. At this point, Christ has ascended. Where is he ascended? Do we know, church? He's, a, he's ascended to heaven. Where particularly in heaven is he at this moment? At the right hand of God. This is going to be key. So at this point in the text, Christ has ascended in the heaven, has taken His place at the right hand of God. The Holy Spirit that He had promised His followers has been poured out upon them. And from this we find Peter now stepping out boldly, preaching this truth. We are in this text, towards the end of that sermon that he gave, that on that day more than 3,000 uh, came to faith in this Christ, so immediately we see God working, that this small group begins to grow because they're stepping out in faith, they're stepping out in the power of God's Holy Spirit. And I want us to pay attention to this particular piece here, verse 32 of chapter 2 of Acts. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Therefore, exalted at the right hand of God, where is He? 
being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, this is a reference to Psalm 110 verse 1. He says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Where is he now? Where is Christ now seated? At the right hand of God, the verse continues. Until I make your enemies your footstool. Okay, so I want you to follow me here. I want you to pay attention to what we're, what we should be pulling from this text here. Christ is what? Seated? God is what? Working. Okay? He's working until when? What does the text say? Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Who is the instrument by which this plays out, church? Jesus is seated. The church is moving out by the power of God through the Holy Spirit. Moving in every way that Christ tells us to move. Under His authority. All authority in heaven and on earth. Is given him. God says, sit. See what they do. See what they do when I move. These will be a world conquering people. And what do they do? They continue pressing on. We continue pressing on. What is the end? When, when we seek for the enemies of God to be made as footstool, do we do it as Islam does it? Do you understand, believer, that you were once an enemy of God? And now you have bowed in reverence and humility to Him. What should we expect? Should we expect defeat when God has promised to Christ that His enemies will be overcome? What should we expect then? Complete and utter victory is what we should expect. The church wins. Though we may be pressed on every side, Though there may be moments that it feels like we are being crushed, we win. We win. I want to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 28 to the end. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose... For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? Who shall graciously give us what? And we, and we limit Him? Should we be expecting that this plays out? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn us? Oh, excuse me. Who shall bring any charge against us? God, against God's elect? Who, it is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Listen to what He says. Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sakes we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, no, verse 37, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is with this confidence that we can face the world that seems bigger than us, that seems like it will crush us. It is with this confidence that they went out. It is because of this confidence that you are here today. The gospel has succeeded in bringing you, once an enemy, to the feet of Christ. It has succeeded in this. It will continue to succeed in this as the enemies of God, called to Him, go out with this same kind of confidence. Lord, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. Not just in heaven. We are not satisfied with anything but everything. Lord, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you pray with expectancy, church? Do you believe that this will take place? Do you know that as you go out and live your life as a follower of Christ, that you are partaking in the domination of His kingdom upon this world. Do you get that? So that when you get up and you think you're going to some insignificant place to do some insignificant thing tomorrow, that you are in fact overcoming for His kingdom. Do we get that? Do we put that kind of significance on the work that we do? The places that we go? Do we do that? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth. As it is in heaven. When you go. When you rise from here. And you go to eat. Or you go to spend time with your family. You are taking with you the kingdom of God. Into this world. No matter what you may face. Even if it means persecution, destruction, death. We will win this thing. Be encouraged by that. I pray that you are. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. For all your many wonderful blessings. Lord, we are an undeserving people. Lord, how often did we set ourselves up 
against you. How often did we place our kingdom against your kingdom? Lord, I am so thankful that your kingdom overcame my own. Lord, that by the preaching of your word, you brought me to repentance and belief. And if there is anyone here today who stands in opposition against you, may they know that I mean them no harm, that I will not bring sword out against them, lest it be the word of God. Lord, and if their heart is pierced through by it today, may the kingdom crumble before them, and may they submit in repentance and faith, and in doing so, find the reason that they were made. I thank you for Christ. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for this world-beating hope that you have given to us in him. Lord, may his enemies be made his footstool. Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Christ's name, for his glory, amen. Would you stand?